Hello, welcome to Cornerstone College Ministries podcast. We are the college ministry out of Stillwater Bible Church, and we want to be a ministry that's full of mature believers who are helping believers to mature. You're joining us during our study on Sunday mornings of the letter of 2 Timothy. This is where the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, encouraging him to stand strong in the face of apathy and persecution that he's experiencing. I hope that you are as encouraged as I am as we go through this book verse by verse. said no. So um, open your Bibles to 2 Timothy. That's what we're going through this semester. Um, 2 Timothy, anybody know what the theme of 2 Timothy is? Stand strong. Um, So yeah, we say that's a theme, um, but the question remains, right, why? (laughs) Um, There should be a reason why that's the theme. I cannot move this. Okay, cool. Um, And the question is stand strong on what? Stand strong on what? Today we're going to look at some people who stand strong on their own flesh and interests. And the next week we'll see what it means to stand strong on the Bible, what it looks like. So we're going through 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're starting chapter 3 today. Um, here's kind of the outline of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, verse 1 talks about how time's going to get worse. Right? Sorry, the print is so small. Time's going to get worse. Uh, and then he's going to talk about how there's some characteristics of these evil men, or the, the kind of the cause of these worse times. They're going to happen. Has an Old Testament example of this, and then goes on to say in that that their evil is not going to continue. So don't worry about it. Their evil is not going to keep on going. Um, so I have I have a question. What's the most evil movie villain that y'all can think of? Thanos. Thanos. Okay. Wow, that was it. <laughs> Darth Vader. Ooh. Okay. Okay. What did you say? Syndrome? What said? Mm, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Kang. Kang? Kang? Or a newer one? Same. Movie? Movie? Is, is he in the movie? I don't know. Yes, but. Or. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? The Witch? Yeah. The Rumor Weed? What about going Veggie Tales right now? Larry Boys? Uh, and Nemesis? Anyone who fights Bible Man, right? Is that um, no? If y'all haven't seen Bible Man, like it, it is a meme. Like I, I feel like, like it as a whole is just someone who looks like dressed as Iron Man with a cape, um, purple and yellow are the colors. Has a lightsaber, right? The sword of truth, and it's it's just oh man, that's great. Um, but yeah, um, and movie villains, right? So we had like Thanos, Darth Vader, Syndrome, right? The rumor weed, um, all these things. Um, are there any redeeming qualities about these people, though? Like, what was, what was the motivation behind Thanos's Thanosing? That was his motivation. No, his motivation was he wanted like God or half. Okay, so he was like, overpopulation is bad. Therefore, let's kill half the people. Right? Not the best way to go about that. Right? Um, could have just made double the universe. Right? Anyways, um, but. He, he had this motivation that was ultimately, he's like, yes, I want there to be not as much pain and all these things and suffering from all this going around. Right? Darth Vader, any redeeming qualities about him? Quite a few, actually. Yeah, like, he's my favorite person. Star- no, I'm just um, No, but I got the end, right? He had this little bit of thing. Um, other, other thing, the rumor we, I don't remember what happened to the rumor we, honestly, but um, like all these different people we see, these villains, right? Megamind, which there was no evil with him to begin with, but um, anyways. Uh, that's why it's the best movie that ever existed. So, um, 
Uh, yeah, so there's redeeming qualities, but we're going to look at this, this kind of caricature this morning of these wicked people that, that Paul's referring to, right? Um, these kind of the villains, so to speak, right, who are coming, who, who are there and who also are just going to keep on coming. And it's kind of a caricature. It's kind of like, here's all of the bad things about them. And so then we're going to see the crazy fact that they claim to be godly, right? Um, so I'm going to read 2 Timothy 3 and go through the first nine verses and then we'll, we'll get started. So says this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Jonas and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men of depraved mind, rejected in regard to the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Jonas and Jambres' folly was also. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning, for the fellowship we got to have, for the food we got to have that um, you made uh, so that we had taste buds, we could taste great things, and so thank you for that, we praise you for that. I pray that as we look at your word this morning that you would speak to it, that it wouldn't be just me up here talking, but that you'd be speaking to each and every one of us so that we can better apply your word in our lives. I pray all this in your son's name. Amen. So last week, um, we saw that Paul was talking to Timothy about how to deal with people who are always wanting to argue, right? These difficult people. Just come to argue, and that's it. Um, what things are worthwhile versus things that are worthless, right? Um, Timothy's dealing with these false teachers, these kind of these young men who want to know everything and prove themselves theologically. Right? That's kind of their goal. So Paul says, gently correct them. That's what it kind of ended with. He says, gently correct them so they may turn back and come to their senses. It was kind of the, the idea that he ended with in chapter 2. Then Paul says, but, realized it's going to get worse, right? It's kind of how he starts this. Realize this, he says in verse 1, that in the last days, difficult times will come. <clears throat> so Paul's like, hey, this is tough. Right? Here's how to deal with it. But realize it's going to get worse. Right? It's going to keep happening, ultimately. Um, so is God surprised by all these people doing these evil things? No. Should we be surprised by all these people doing evil things? No, right? Hmm. We should expect these issues to come up time and time again. Um Anybody have their uh, parents or grandparents, someone that they, that they know that's like, back in my day, it wasn't like that, right? This, like, the America that we knew, was, right? all that, that kind of idea of, of things. It's pretty common to hear. People look back at the, even we look back at these, these good old days when we were younger, right? And we're like, back when sin was non-existent, right? It's like, not literally, right? And then they say, why can't today be like it was back then? Back then, this never would have happened. Um, here's what Ecclesiastes says about that. Do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. Right? Ultimately, it's not from wisdom. You're like, ooh, yes, it was way better back then. It's like, no, you're just like reminiscing. You have this nostalgia that you kind of whitewash everything and how it was. It was great then. It wasn't really better, right? There was sin then. And actually, it's going to get worse. And if you really look around and you're wise in that way, you're going to see that it's just going to keep getting worse. And so asking that about, like, why aren't the, the days now like they were back then? It just it isn't from wisdom, right? 
because obviously it's not going to be like it was back then. Um, and it even says here in Second Timothy, right, times are going to come, right? It's going to keep on getting worse. Difficult times come from difficult people, right? Um, later on, we see that Paul pairs this with persecution. Verse 12, he says, Indeed, all who desire to lead a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So if you desire to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. Once again, talking about these difficult people he's referring to and them, and them coming in. Uh, this morning, there are only two commands that Paul has in these nine verses. And the first one is realize. Realize or understand what the Bible may have, that um, difficult times will come. And then the other one is avoid these men. He's about to describe, yeah. Okay, it's seven ten. Verse twelve of Second Timothy three. Um, one of the great things of our modern age is copy and paste. <laughs> this is a folly of copy and paste. Um, so, anyways, yeah, that's verse twelve uh, of this. Um, it is, uh, yeah. So the the first command we have in this passage is realize that difficult times will come. Second one is avoid these men he's going to describe. It's important we don't get so upset and exasperated when difficult times come. When we see people who are saying these awful things. Um, we shouldn't just be like aghast, right? Um, we should expect it and be ready with a response. Right? Expect this time to come and be ready with a response. Oftentimes we get confused when we hear last days. Like, what does that mean? Right? We're starting Revelation. We're like, is that the last days? Right? Um, what's happening here? Um, is it right before the rapture? What are the last days? So I'm going to do the timeline. Right? So we have the Old Testament over here. Right? And then that kind of went for a while. And then Jesus came and rose again. Um, and so Christ came down and rose again. And then uh, the church started. Right? And then what's the next big event? The rapture. The rapture. Okay. So when we're taken up, it's uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, right? We have there in 1 Thessalonians 1 as well, and Matthew and, and other places. Um, the rapture, right? And then there's this period here called the tribulation, right? And then Christ comes second time to the earth. Up here, he's in the clouds, and then um, we go up with him forever with Christ, and then he comes second time to the earth. First time he came to die and to rise again. The second time he comes to rule and to reign. So there's a thousand-year reign here on um, earth um, and then there's what's called the great white throne judgment and then and then eternity right anyways so what what we see here is, is the last days right people might think okay is talking about this talking about well the last days for the church until the church is done right what's happening is it like here is it like here? Like at the very last days is whenever these evil men are going to come. And like, no, that's actually not what it's talking about. Um, all the days since Christ ascended, since the church started, are the last days we see. Um, the church age. Uh, when is the actual literal last day the church is going to be on the earth? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know, right? We don't know when this is going to happen. There's no sign of when that's going to happen. Nothing has to happen for the rapture to occur. It can happen at any way. No. Okay. Uh, Any time it could just happen, and then the believers will be with Christ right, and for forever. And this immortal or the mortal body will change to immortal, put on the immortal, will be with Christ forever. 
And so, really, we've been in the last days this entire time. The church's last days are, are, are happening now. Um, and then, these are all times of the day of judgment, the day of the Lord, the day of judgment. This, this time is talking about the day of the Lord, the day of judgment here. So, uh, that's what we're going to see a lot of times, the last days uh, here. And so, it's talking about this church age. So, in this last days, right, as we keep progressing forward, difficult times will come. And in these last days... We should expect them and know how to handle them. Right? Part of that comes from knowing who causes the trouble. Right? Who are the ones causing this? So that's what this next section is. Characteristics of evil men. I'm going to read all of it, and then we're going to go back and kind of look at it overall before we go through the specifics of, of it. So look at um, 2 Timothy two or 3, 2. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, reviler, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. That's that's an intense description, right? Wouldn't you say? And this is a another chiastic, right? What's a chiastic again? Abba, right? Um, this kind of idea that you see, maybe if you were in a like, poetry section of, of high school, or whatever, you learned about like the the, the structure. Of, I'm gonna raise this, so hope that's okay. We have these cards actually, maybe in the back, and then also out on the front tables. Also, you're gonna see it about 12 times in service today, probably. So, <laughs> starting Revelation. So, um, this kind of idea that you have an idea here, right, and then you have the idea parallel down here, and then you have an idea here, throw it down here. And then you have like the big idea here. It kind of points to. So we oftentimes say A, B, maybe C, B, A. It kind of goes back and forth like that, right? So we look at that. That's what we have <coughs> today. Excuse me. Um, it's kind of a, a pyramid structure. So here's what we see, right? Boom. It starts off with this misdirection of love. It starts off with it and ends with it. <coughs> um. We have a friend of self and a friend of money and then a friend of pleasure, not a friend of God. Um, now, it doesn't say friend in your Bibles probably. Doesn't it have friend in their Bible? Friend of? No. Lovers of money, lovers of self, right? Is what it says. But this is actually, all of these are um, combined words, right? So what, what's the word for brotherly love? No, no in, in Greek? Phileo. Phileo, phileo, right? So it starts with phile right there and then adds on um, self, to the next half of the word. So full self, the Greek word for self, and then full money, right? And then full pleasure, right? And then not full God, right? Full, that's like full theos, something like that. So not a friend of God. Um, and so it's just this idea of brotherly love, right? So it's a misdirection of love. The love is pointed instead at themselves rather than God. It starts out with, and it's beginning of the chiastic, beginning of this friend of self and ends with not a friend of God. So you can see why that's kind of the bookends of what's happening here. Right? Their goal is to look at themselves and build themselves up. So the misdirection of love is kind of how we start this. And then it goes to friend of money, right? And we go on and it says, they're boastful, arrogant, revilers. It ends with them saying, treacherous, reckless, conceited, right? It's talking about pride and hostility. They're very prideful. I mean, you're boasting about yourself, you're arrogant about yourself, you're reviling, you're demean talking demeaningly towards others. So that's what reviling means. Uh, and then you, you're treacherous, reckless, conceited, you're kind of hostile towards other people. Uh, what, you're, what you're doing because of the, this pride that you have there. Also, just a point, right? Is this a good thing? Huh. 
my, my opinion on a, a certain song. But um, anyways, <clears throat> uh, so uh, we go forward. I go forward from there. And then you have this, this kind of this next section. It's kind of interesting. We have five on one side of this pyramid, five here, and only three here. So it's not exactly five and five or four and four. They kind of do it differently. But um, it's all the knots. Not obedient to parents, not grateful, not holy, not loving, not um, loving again, um, not reconcilable, not self-controlled, not tamed, not loving good, right? Um, the reason why I have all the nots, because it doesn't all, all of them don't say not or un at them, but literally all of these words start with the letter A, right? You think of the word typical, what's the opposite of typical? Atypical, right? Same thing in the Greek, you add an A at the beginning, it's going to negate what that's talking about. And so, actually, I looked back at this whole list of 19 things. I wrote out all the Greek words. And it's pretty powerful when you start reading this and you get, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And then you say, A this, A that, A this, A that, A that. And you're like, like, there's against all of these things that are generally just good things, right? Anti-good qualities, ultimately. These, these are general qualities that are just good to humanity. And they're against all of those things. And not being the parents, we're like, <laughs> really, though? I mean, come on, right? Um, but this is more of the idea of like just being rude to your parents and then disobeying them whether they command something or say, hey, can you do this? You're like, no, get off my back, right? You're like a little 13-year-old. I'm like, what are you doing? These are like grown adults who are just being very disrespectful to their parents. Um, raise them. You hear that? Little girl in the womb. My wife's pregnant. My wife's pregnant, so I'm trying to instill these things early, right? Um, uh, anyways, um, so, yeah, you know, all these things are just the opposite of the obedient, opposite of being grateful, not holy, not loving, not reconcilable, not able to come to an agreement on things. And then not self-controlled, not tamed, um, which kind of has, uh, what, what the actual, what's the actual word there after not self-controlled? Or, um, what, hold on. Brutal. Brutal, right? So not tamed, brutal, you're just doing everything. Not, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Not loving, good. Um, and then you know what? The very, very middle thing is here in the chiastic, diabolical, right? <laughs> the little Greek word is diabolos, right? And so it just means evil. It's actually malicious slandering, right? Talking bad about people with no basis for it. Just like accusing them and just going out and doing these things. And so that's kind of this, this point here. Um, <clears throat> and... Like I said, some of these things are not what you actually probably have on in your Bible. But I went to the Greek to kind of figure out, okay, what is this really going on? Um, we, I'm not saying your Bible's wrong. Obviously, our Bible's not wrong. It's just that that's the best way that they had to translate it. And it sounds a little weird to say not obedient, not grateful, not holy, not loving, not loving again, not reconciled, like all these things rather than saying ungrateful, right? Unholy. Right? So um, I just kind of did it a little differently here so that we can really get a, get a look at it. Um, yeah, this list seems like a pretty generic bad person list. Right? Would we agree? Um, and the point of that is just like they're ultimately just slandering people, right? Um, devilish is another, another way that, that this is translated sometimes, um, that, that point there. Um, and let's think about this, though, how it actually works. And this starts with love of self, right? Love of self, love of money, ends with not loving God. But if your love of self and your love of money... Well, then you're going to be pretty boastful and arrogant, right? You're loving yourself, you're loving, you're going to be boastful, you're going to be arrogant, you're going to be demeaning to other people because you love yourself so much, everyone else is worse for you to look better, right? And you go from that, you're going to be, well, parents, what do they know, right? 
I'm the best. I'm the better than what they are, right? I'm not grateful. I did this myself, right? I'm boasting because I'm the one did it. They're not holy. They're not setting themselves apart, right? Not sanctifying themselves. They're not loving others. There's even a comma there. Wow. Um, anyways, um, they're not loving others. They're not able to come to any agreement. They're always just contrary to people, right? Ultimately, they get to the very point. It's just they're just talking bad about others all the time. And they're not self-controlled. They're not able to control themselves. They're not tamed or brutal whenever they're talking to people and they're doing things. They're not loving good, ultimately, which makes sense. Like, they're anti all these things. They're just not loving good at all. Um, they're treacherous or traitorous, kind of, like backstabbing in a way. Um, uh, Do anybody have anything else other than treacherous here? After not loving good or haters of good? Traitor. Traitor, yeah. So I kind of this traitor mentality. And then reckless, they're conceited. And then they're trying to pleasure, right? So their goal is it's, uh, to just, they love pleasure, right? And doing all that they're doing just for their own selves and their own good, how they, how they feel about it. Not a friend of God. So it really, it does flow pretty well. But this is how they're, this is kind of what they're doing, their attitude. And then this is how they treat others, right? And then their goals in life. Um, money paired with pleasure moves up to pride. Hostile attitudes come from self-love and greed. Negates these good characteristics. And then the point is that we're diabolic, slandering, devilish people who accuse others with no basis for their accusations. This might be a little different than what we'd expect, right? Some of the times when we see these lists, we see that they're like murderers, thieves, right? And, but none of that's in here. Right? Why, why do you think it's, those aren't the things that are talked about in this list? Because people think of them as evil already. Mm-hmm. People all think of them as evil. Also, what have we been talking about in Second Timothy? Or what group of people is Paul talking about? False teachers, right? You don't become a false teacher if you're a known murderer, right? Um, people aren't going to follow that. But a lot of these things, right? These people claim to be followers of God. Claim to be like, I'm following him, I'm teaching his word, all these things. But here's what they're doing. Here's what they're like. They're not murdering people. They're not stealing from people. But they're just malicious, right, in all that they're doing. So here's what it says in, in verse 5, right? Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. We may think it's impossible to have all these characteristics and yet claim religion, to hold religion, but it's possible. People will oftentimes use Christianity as a cover for their sin. Like, oh no, I'm a Christian, so I wouldn't do that, right? I'm involved in church. See, I wouldn't be someone who's doing that kind of stuff. But they are, right? Can you use Christianity to be boastful, right? Like, I know a lot about the Bible and theology. Are you boasting yourself with that? Oh yeah. To be arrogant, right? To talk down on others? Oh, I would never do that because I'm more advanced in spiritual life, right? Is it as an excuse to blow off your parents? Right? I think I know what's better because I'm going to Bible, so forget whatever you say, parents. Not even considering what they were saying. Can someone be ungrateful while doing ministry? Can people do unholy things while in ministry? Can they act unloving, never come into agreements, not having self-control, acting brutal, acting conceited? Yeah, right? So it would be easy to just say, oh, these are all unbelievers, right? Definitely. Believers can't, would never do that. We can, right? We can do that. Can people use the guise of Christianity to level baseless accusations at others? Right? Yeah. I'm not saying that like all of us in here are doing that. No, this is talking about false teachers. But people can say they hold to a form of religion, but they deny its power. They deny the actual power they have to live out this, this, um, this religion, right? The Christianity. These people claim to serve Christ, but they serve themselves. That's like gist of it. That's why it starts with friend of self. 
uh, friend of self. That's the gist of it. They deny the power of God's word. Right? So if you're wondering what this power is, it's the power of God's word. They've abandoned the word of God and have gone to their own sort of Christianity they kind of follow. They kind of make their own, make it up. Um, I don't know about you all, but I definitely had people that I've known who have had reasons for living how they did, claim to follow God, but not hold to the Bible. They're like, oh yeah, here, here's what you need to do. You should live this way. I follow God. And this is kind of what I see when I look into the Bible. But it's like, it's not actually based on the Bible at all. But they're living. The reason I'm saying this power of the denying is the Bible is because later on, it's what Paul encourages Timothy to turn to. So look at verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training righteousness, so the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The power of God is the power we have to live a life of godliness. Like the word of God is the power we have to live a life of godliness. People are saying that they're godly, right? They have this form of godliness, but they're not actually going to scripture, which is profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, training righteousness which is what a teacher should be doing. But these false teachers are saying, I have my own little thing that I'm doing. I have my own thing, not based on scripture. They hold into their own made-up form of godliness without looking to the only thing that can bring about teaching, correction, reproof, so they may actually lead this godly life. The Bible needs to be our foundation, is the goal, right? That's what we have to have as our foundation. Once you reject the Bible, who's the highest authority? You are, right? Right, forget the Bible, right? Well, then you get to decide whatever you want to pick in and out of that and stuff. You have a question? So, um, how come most people don't Most people, well, a lot of people aren't believers, right? But in the church, I think most people would agree with this. Um, a lot of people don't in other churches, but it's because they, once again, where's their authority coming from? Not the Bible, right? They're saying, okay, yeah, but not all of it, actually. We don't really need the Old Testament, right? Just kind of throw out all of Leviticus. It's boring, right? Like, no, right? That is part of Scripture, which is inspired by God and profitable to teach from it, to, to be reproved, to train in righteousness, right? Um, and so people just, they, they don't, because they reject the Bible, ultimately, would be why. So Paul commands Timothy to avoid these kind of people, right? Avoid them. These evil men. Not tolerate and just try to ignore them. Like, okay, they're over there doing kind of stuff, but I, whatever, I'll just let them kind of keep going. Just, no, avoid them, right? Get away from them. These people will ruin a ministry. So Paul says avoid them. Here's what they do. Look at verse 6. For among them, right, so part of them, are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning, never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. So this is a general issue, right? But clearly one that's happening to a church, the church in Ephesus. He's writing to Timothy, who's in Ephesus, and this is a specific issue happening there. And um, these type of false teachers who denied the Bible were weaseling their way. Right? Anybody have like creeping in in their Bible? Just creeping into to these homes, mm-hmm. right? Kind of weaseling their way in, who, um, in the pretense of helping these women who were overcome with sins, right? and women who followed their impulses. There were women who were always learning but never come to the knowledge of the truth. And how can they when these false teachers keep coming in? They're the ones that turn to you for help. Because right? they come, I'm going to help you with this. I'll help you with this. you got to do these things. And they're not even basing it on the Bible. So these, these group of women in this church are, are turning to this person they trust who say that they're here to help, who's really just filling their head with all a bunch of messed up stuff. So we're getting a picture of just how much of an issue these people are. Right? Not good. They're preying on these women who are in a big spot of need. Right? They're really hard for them to, like, they're kind of struggling with these different things, and they're just there to help, but they're really just leading them astray. They're deceiving the women. The word um, weak women here um, could also mean idle women. Um, you might have that in your, in your Bible. 
um, women who maybe aren't really doing very much. Like she has sitting around all day, which um, isn't good. There's, I mean, there's a time to rest, definitely. But like if you have nothing to do at all, right? Um, everyone heard the phrase idle hands or the devil's workshop, right? So if you're just sitting there doing nothing all day long, eventually your mind starts to wander. Maybe you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to talk about this thing. I'm going to whatever. And so it's just not, not good. And they get caught up in all of this stuff, right? And so these people are coming in deceiving these, these women. They didn't have a strong enough foundation in God's word to recognize false teaching. Right? They weren't standing strong on the word. And so they didn't know that when these people came in that they weren't also on that same foundation. We should be able to recognize false teaching. Would we be able to if someone came in and said these things? That sound really biblical, but they aren't actually from the Bible. Someone's like, well, you know, in Hezekiah 3.8, right? Um, and how many of us even know what's in Hezekiah? It's not a book of the Bible, right? Uh, Hezekiah is in the book. He's a person in the Bible, but not a book of the Bible. And so um, the only way we know if it lines up with the Bible is to know what the Bible says. So you study real currency to figure out what the fake currency is, right? That's how you figure out. People who actually study and try to figure out who the counterfeits, where the counterfeits are and stuff, they don't study all the counterfeits. They study what's the real dollar bill look like, right? And then from that, they can easily spot whenever something's wrong. You don't look at all the wrong religions and the false teaching to see what's the right teaching. You look at what is the right teaching, and then you can recognize whenever it goes against that. So we base our lives on the Bible. Same thing with theology and teachers. What does the Bible say? And then from that, we can see the things that are against it. Now we have the Old Testament examples of Jonas and Jambers. I don't know how you say these names, honestly. Um, you know the dudes, right? Remember, anyone who remembers Jonas and Jambers? Uh, <laughs> maybe not, right? Um, look, so 2 Timothy 3, 8, and 9. This is Jonas and Jambers opposed Moses. So these men also opposed the truth. Depraved mind rejected in regard to the faith. But they will not make further progress. For their folly will be obvious to all. This is Jonas and James's folly was also. So Jewish tradition retained the name of these men, even though the Bible didn't. So who, if someone opposed Moses, who would that be? Are there any ideas? <coughs> Good answer. But, um, no, actually, <clears throat> Jewish tradition retained the name of these men, but the Bible didn't. Um, the names mean rebel and opponent, probably nicknames, right, that they were given. Um, rebel and opponent. And there were the magicians who were against Moses during the ten plagues of Egypt, right? There were the Egyptian magicians who that came in. And so this is recorded in Exodus 7. Moses goes to the man that Pharaoh lets the God's people go, lets the Israelites go. And then a sign to show that Moses was from God, Aaron threw down his staff. And on the ground, what happened to the staff? Turned into a snake, right? So magicians were like... I got this. And they like threw down their staffs and they became snakes because they did like sorcery and stuff to make that happen. Like probably some sort of uh, witchcraft, something like that. And then what happened to their snakes? Moses' snake was like chomp, right? And it ate them, ultimately. And so, ultimately, that even goes to show that God was a lot more powerful than whatever they were doing. And so, um, Jonathan James are these men who used divination in some other way to make snakes and stuff and do other things as well. So, Whenever the truth was made clear to them that God was all-powerful, right? That it was everyone's best interest for them to just do what God says, they still opposed God. Their depraved mind, as a result, they're rejected in regard to the faith. And there's something different than rejected here. <clears throat> they resisted in regard to the faith. Reprobate. Reprobate. It says they were disqualified. Disqualified. 
Do some kind of different words we have here, right? Um, so I think disqualified or worthless works better. Disqualified or worthless. Because this is the same word used in the Greek that's used in 1 Corinthians 9. Whenever Paul says he disciplines his body so that when he runs the race after teaching, he would not be disqualified. And so Paul is saying, I want to teach these things and actually do these things so that I'm not disqualified. Which means there's a possibility that he could be, right, if he doesn't do that. He's talking about false teachers who are teaching something and not doing that, and therefore disqualified. And so, um, yeah, I think these are men who have left, let, let this love of self override their love for God. It could be talking about believers, unbelievers, I mean, who are deceiving others. I honestly think, though, that it's just believers who have a really high view of themselves. That they've abandoned the Bible and hold to themselves as the authority. And we have some, some denominations or religions out there, even churches in this town, that hold to themselves as the authority, not the Bible. Right? And so... These people may say something like, well, I've studied the scripture thoroughly, and there's no way that Jesus was actually God. If you look at the specific way they wrote these Greek letters in older manuscripts, there's really a way that you could, and you're like, okay, that's, that's not at all biblical, right? We just claim to be God in many ways. And the way that they wrote a little line on the end of a little letter in one of the old manuscripts that you studied and found, like, you're just, you're just trying to puff yourself up, right? And that's the goal. Use meaningless details to make themselves sound smart. But Paul says, don't worry, right? Um, their evil won't continue. These men are living lives contrary to God, but their progress will not continue forever because others will clearly see that they're full of it, right? Like Jonas and Jambres, right? They were overruled, and so were these false teachers. And remember which of the ten plagues it was that these men finally gave up trying to replicate what God did? Oh, Maven? I don't remember. I think, I remember at least whenever... Uh, Moses got dust and like pulled out the dust and then it became gnats and went everywhere. They were like, yeah, we can't do that. Uh, that's, uh, we were not able to, right? So obviously, God was shown to be the one that was all, all authority, had all the authority. Um, yet they still opposed Moses. So Paul's talking to these people whose foundation is themselves. They stand really strong if they're doing something to benefit their own pride. But they don't actually stand strong on the Bible. So, but what Paul turns to next week is we're going to see the actual foundation that matters is the Bible. The foundation that's important is the Bible. If we want to stand strong for Christ and make a difference, not just now, but for eternity, we have to stand strong on the word, right? Reading it, knowing what it says, not only knowing what it says, but following that. Knowing the application, studying for ourselves and applying it to our lives. That's the difference between standing strong and not, is basing our lives on God's word. So we looked a lot about false teachers dealing with a difficult passage, right? or people, sorry, false teachers dealing with a difficult people. In this passage, um, we see this is what's to be expected. Things are going to get worse, ultimately. So, no. Um, so let's not get focused on how good things used to be. Don't be so focused on like, oh, it was great in the good old days. It's going to get worse. It's, it's, we're told about it, right? Um, Paul describes these false teachers. We see that their descriptions aren't what we would think of as terrible sinners. They're not murderers, and idolaters, all these things. They're just bad people, right? They're just saying these terrible things about others and very focused on self. A lot of it has to do with their heart attitude and the words they use. At the top of the classic, um, we have that it's diabolical, right? Malicious slander. Um, one of the, some of the men, right, are going in to getting weak women caught up in their deception. 
Then the comparison to the magicians who oppose Moses. Paul says, don't worry, though. It'll be clear that at some point that they are against God. We've seen the cycle, right? We've seen people who maybe start off looking good as these preachers or teachers. And then after a while, it's clear to most people who have their basis on the word that these are just false teachers. Right? They're all in it for themselves. When we look in the Bible, we really see it. They looked really good at first, but then they're really just kind of talking about things that aren't biblical. We've seen that cycle happen. They get a bad reputation. Avoid those false teachers. The way we can stand strong is by knowing the truth. Read the word, be diligent to sow ourselves approved as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling. So, applications, right? Understand that the world is getting worse. That's what Paul says the application should be, so we should as well. Don't yearn for the old days. Look to the future ones. Don't say, ah, why can't it be like it used to be? Say, I'm looking forward to when it's going to be better, when I know it's going to be better when we're with Christ. Let that motivate us to be stronger lights. Place our faith in Christ and we have eternal life and we're given a ministry to live out. We're going to do that if we're standing strong on the scripture. So that goes to that goes to apply the word, right? To apply it correctly, we must know it. And then think about the passage and ways you can apply it in your life. I'm leaving the application open there because literally the second application is apply it. So consider it whenever you're reading your Bible and what does this mean? Let's go through it. So all right, we're a little bit over time, so I'll pray and we'll be done. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the description we get of false teachers that isn't like we might think. It isn't so so obvious um, so obvious sins that, that it's clear, but there's things that we need to really consider people are saying. That teach it.